Welcome to another episode of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo, broadcasting from the Cellmark Studios. Colleen Daniel is here, as always, broadcasting from home, along with the About Mansfield news team. This is episode 78, and we thank you for being here. Coming up on this episode, it's Mansfield news and weather for the upcoming week. And a little later in the episode, you will have a chance to win a $25 gift card to the brand new Torchy's Tacos with our trivia question of the week. Let's take a look at the stories we're covering this week. Mosquitoes nipping at your ankles? We offer some relief. COVID-19 is still here and rocks keep falling on our planet. We've added a new feature to the lineup. Are you worried about summertime and skin protection? Never fear. I'm Katrina Brown and I've got you covered in this week's Texas Health Tip of the Week. In this week's Cocktail of the Week segment, we'll be talking about a cocktail that originally I refused to try. But when I finally did, I realized I was oh so wrong. We have the seven-day weather forecast, and Steve interviews Marty Haggard, the son of country music icon Merle Haggard. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. This is About Mansfield. Hi, this is Paul Duncan with Trinity Roofing and Construction. There are over 7,500 roofers in the North Texas area, and when a major hailstorm blows through town, that number skyrockets with companies as far away as Montana. In the planning stages of re-roofing your home, it's normal for customers to ask questions such as, where are they based out of and how many years' experience do they have roofing in North Texas? Trinity Roofing and Construction can answer each of these questions with confidence. As a family-owned, Mansfield-based business since 2011, Trinity Roofing and Construction recently received a Product Excellence Award by Owens Corning and are a Platinum Preferred Contractor with Owens Corning. Contact us today for a free, no-obligation video roof inspection. Rated A-plus with the Better Business Bureau, Trinity Roofing and Construction, a Mansfield company, not only replacing roofs, but building relationships. Find us on the web at trinityroofingconstruction.com. That's trinityroofingconstruction.com. Did you know Southwestern Adventist University is located right in our backyard? With a small, safe campus, SWAU provides a Christ-centered learning environment with hands-on experiences and dedicated professors. For a limited time, local freshmen enrolling for fall 2021 will receive a stackable $3,000 scholarship. Do you hope to become a science teacher, a researcher, or a chemist? Learn more about the math and physical science programs at Southwestern Adventist University at swau.edu. Hey Mansfield, did you know cannabis is legal in Texas? I'm Sonia Salazar, co-owner of Wise Wellness. As cannabis educators and advocates, we can answer any questions you have regarding hemp-derived CBD. Wise Wellness carries a variety of products, including oils, topicals, edibles, and pet products. We are located on FM 157 beside Mansfield Fun Jewelry. As a thank you to the About Mansfield podcast listeners, we are offering a buy one, get one free special on select products. Just mention the podcast at checkout. Follow us on social media for our latest updates. Search for Wise Wellness. That's Wise, W-Y-S-E, Wellness on Facebook and Instagram. See you soon. Hi, I'm Casey Lewis, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield. This portion of the news is brought to you by Trinity Roofing and Construction. Tis that time of year when you are spending time, whether it's in the garden or by the pool in your backyard, when you start swatting yourself because you got things uh, crawling around your ankles or perhaps the back of your neck. Yep. 
They're called mosquitoes. And with us on the line is the environmental manager for the city of Mansfield, Howard Redfern, to talk about how we can keep mosquitoes at bay. Howard, let's first start with some tips on how to keep the mosquitoes away from us. We do follow the CDC, Tarrant County Public Health, Texas State Department of Health Services, I believe, and everybody else, um, the, the four Ds, which is dusk to dawn. Um, so the, the mosquitoes that are responsible for transmission of the West Nile virus are the ones we're worried about and tend to be more active in the hours of dusk to dawn. Um, drain any standing water um, in your yard. Um, this can collect in, in flower pots, um, old unused toys, um, it clogged rain gutters, any kind of um, any kind of dish or anything else that's been left outside can collect water, whether it's from rain or irrigation, and lead to um, mosquitoes breeding there. And then uh, dressing. Um, if you're going to be out in uh, the hours of dusk and dawn, we, we recommend dressing in long sleeves and pants. And then uh, the fourth D is DEET, um, but it really uh, it doesn't have to be DEET. There are other mosquito repellents um, that are effective. Um, just make sure, again, if you're going to be out and about um, when the mosquitoes are active, um, it, it always helps to have some, some kind of repellent uh, to hopefully keep them away from you. Does the city have plans to do mosquito spraying in the near future? We have both plans to spray and not to spray, um, which is, so we, we developed our uh, mosquito surveillance and control program and got that passed through co- uh, council last year. And that, ha- that includes some triggers that would uh, lead to us engaging in any what we call adult treatment activities. Um, most what we do with our control program is the surveillance part. So we have 12 trap sites. Six of those trap sites are collected every week. Um, so we keep them on a rotating schedule uh, where we collect mosquitoes um, from different parts of the neighborhood and uh, turn those over to Tarrant County Public Health who checks them for West Nile virus. Um, so the presence of West Nile virus in adult mosquitoes in a trap area um, can and will generally lead to um, adult spraying. So we're only able to, to, to take out those mosquitoes that are active adult mosquitoes at the time. Um, any larvae, any pupae that are, are, are still in the water somewhere um, will eventually emerge and become adults that are going to turn around and bite people. Um, the other thing that I would mention is our spraying activities are generally done, or they're not generally, they're always done during the evening. Um, again, the mosquitoes responsible for transmission of West Nile virus are most active dusk, between the hours of dusk and dawn. Um, so those are the mosquitoes that we're trying to eliminate. Um, people out and about enjoying their pool um, in the middle of the day and stuff that are getting harassed by mosquitoes, those are generally um, going to be 80s um, mosquitoes that are, are, are most active during the daytime. They're not even going to get impacted by the spraying activities. Um, so, you know, people, again, the, the same four Ds that protect you from the, the mosquitoes that transmit West Nile virus will also help protect you from um, the day-biting 80s mosquitoes as well. How can Mansfield residents keep in touch with the city of Mansfield when it comes to mosquitoes? 
Anybody who is interested in receiving a notification um, about any adult spraying activities, um, we have opportunities on the mosquito control page to register through the Notify Me. Um, you can choose to be notified either by email or text. We only push spraying notices out um, through social media and, and virtually now. We don't print anything. Um, so all of that information will be through that um, same web page and then our social media accounts. So to recap the four D's that Howard just talked about, dusk to dawn, those are the hours that the mosquitoes are most active. Number two would be drain your water or any type of pooling source where mosquitoes can breed. Number three, the way you dress, perhaps wear long sleeves and pants during the dusk to dawn hours. And number four being DEET or a comparable mosquito repellent. The city of Mansfield has a comprehensive webpage dealing specifically with mosquitoes. Go to mansfieldtexas.gov and on the homepage there in the search bar, type in the word mosquitoes. You will land on the mosquito control page, which offers some do-it-yourself mosquito control tips. Roving science reporter Dennis Webb may be on vacation, but he took the time to file this brief COVID-19 update and a report about space rocks from his hotel room in Seattle. Dennis? Thank you, Steve. The epidemic in Mansfield is still here, just really low, still spreading from human to human. Mansfield had 17 new cases this past week, about the same as recent weeks. We did not have a new death. Tarrant County had 16 deaths from the virus last week. Only 27% of the county population has been fully vaccinated, and our county judge, Glenn Whitley, encourages all citizens to get vaccinated, and you can get the shot all kinds of places. Last week, I talked about meteors hitting the earth from microscopic dust to a big rock that made meteor crater in Arizona. This week, we will talk about other ways these things happen with bigger impacts on our planet. Back in 2013, there was a massive explosion in the sky above Chelyabinsk, Russia. 112 people were hospitalized, many more treated for cuts from broken glass. A few were temporarily blinded as the flash was 30 times brighter than the sun. 20 people reported burns to their skin from the intense ultraviolet light from the flash. Over 7,000 buildings were damaged, including a lot of apartment buildings, mostly shattered windows from the shockwave. This explosion was caused by a 60-foot-wide near-Earth asteroid slamming into the upper atmosphere at a shallow glancing angle. The mechanism for such an explosion was not well understood until recent decades, where the pressure on the rock increases as it plows into the atmosphere at 40,000 miles an hour, around 100,000 feet up. When this happens, it shatters, releasing energy in all sorts, from uh, acoustic noise to ultraviolet light. Small pieces of space rock fell to the ground, but a lot of the asteroid was vaporized, creating the light and the shockwave. This event was in the news, but the full extent of the disaster was not fully known to civil authorities until the news had moved on to other events. These airbursts are rare. Most of them happen over the ocean, and until this century, nobody was looking for them. Remote sensing satellites now can detect them pretty much anywhere on the planet, and since 2005, NASA has been cataloging them as a part of understanding of how much risk these kind of space rock impacts present to our planet. NASA and researchers around the world are looking to detect these before they're hit. More on that in a future segment. Since we have been watching more closely, there are between two and three of these big events and 20 to 40 smaller such events on our planet each year. 
The research that led to the understanding of what happened here started from a mysterious event in Russia in 1908 called the Tunguska event, named after a nearby river in Siberia. The area was sparsely settled, but the few eyewitness accounts are very similar to the thousands collected at Chelyabinsk. Seismometers around the world recorded this 1908 shockwave, including one as far away as in Washington, D.C. When scientists investigated this event, two decades later, the Russian Revolution had interfered with research. They theorized it was a meteor, but were surprised not to find a critter at the center of the devastation. Instead, finding a five-mile-wide zone where the trees were knocked down, scorched, and all their branches blown off. Trees were merely knocked down over an area of 800 square miles. Scientific theories abounded over the subsequent decades, but after a lot of field and theoretical research, captured in around a thousand research papers, there is a consensus that it was perhaps a 160 to 600 foot wide stony asteroid airburst, massively bigger in explosion than Chelyabinsk, and with more detailed information from the Chelyabinsk event, we have a much improved model for how these things happen, useful if we want to predict or prevent damage from such events in the future. These kind of things are extremely rare, but there is no reason that they are confined to Russia. It's still a lot more unlikely to happen to you than a car wreck or a lightning strike. We will talk about still bigger, still scarier, but still rarer asteroid impacts on our planet next week and what we are doing to protect ourselves. If you have any questions about science, send an email to info at aboutmansfield.com. From the Science Desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. Thank you, Dennis. As I mentioned at the top of the show, this is episode 78, meaning that we have delivered the About Mansfield podcast right to your ears 78 weeks in a row. We'd like you to think of us as your audio newspaper, which includes the local news, and then switching to the features section. So when we come back here in 60 seconds, we'll open up the features page with our new weekly health tip, and the cocktail of the week. Also coming up later in the episode, the trivia question of the week, and I will have a conversation with country music artist Marty Haggard and also give you details on how you can see him perform right here in Mansfield this coming weekend. Stay with us. I'm Steve Casillo, and this is About Mansfield. Your logo or emblem defines who you are, so why not show it off with custom printed shirts? I'm Dana Wood with Ohana Screen Printing. We are a custom screen printing company and can print your design or help you create a new design. While t-shirts are our specialty, we can print on all kinds of apparel such as masks, hoodies, bags, you name it. Ohana means family and that's exactly why we started Ohana Screen Printing, to bring our family and community together through creative expression. We look forward to adding you to our family. Rest assured that when you do business with Ohana Screen Printing, that your dollars stay local as we are a family-owned business based right here in Mansfield. If you're part of a business, organization, or sports team looking to make a visual presence, hit us up on Facebook or ohanascreenprinting.com. That's ohanascreenprinting.com. Hey, business owners. Have you thought about growing your business through social media but don't know where to start? Never fear. I'm Sonia Salazar, and Wise Media Group is here offering coaching for do-it-yourself social media marketing, or we can do it for you. We have packages for every budget. Wise Media Group specializes in organic Facebook and Instagram growth. Let's get Mansfield businesses connected in 2021. Give us a call for a free 30-minute consultation at 817-913-2989. That's 817-913-2989. Or find us on social media at Wise Media Group. 
That's Wise, W-Y-S-E, Media Group on Facebook and Instagram. Wise Media Group, helping you make wise social media marketing decisions in 2021. Hi, I'm Karen Marcucci, and you're listening to About Mansfield. We have a brand new feature right here on the podcast. It is time right now for the Texas Health Tip of the Week. And when it comes to skincare, Katrina Brown has you covered. Katrina? As summertime comes roaring into North Texas, we want to make sure we're doing everything we can to protect our biggest and one of the most important organs in our body, and that is our skin. So as you're packing your bags to head to the beach or the pool this summer, make sure you toss in your best friend, sunscreen. If you have ever been to the sunscreen, aisle at your local drugstore, you know how overwhelming it can be. The bottles and tubes are all full of abbreviations such as SBF, UVA, and UVB. Also, don't forget the wide array of brands you have to choose from. Fortunately, SPF's claims are strictly regulated by the FDA. SPF labeling is consistent from company to company, so switching between brands is not a problem. The right sunscreen for you is the one you're most likely to wear, so be sure to find the one that you like the scent and feel of while matching the SPF level required to keep you protected. To help you choose, let's take a closer look at the world of sun safety, so you can be well prepared. Let's start with the most popular, SPF. We've all heard of that. SPF stands for Sun Protection Factor. It tells you how long you can stay in the sun without getting burned, as opposed to how quickly you'd burn without sunscreen. In other words, say it takes you 15 minutes to burn without wearing sunscreen, applying an SPF 10 means it will take you 10 times longer to burn, or two and a half hours. A sunscreen with a high SPF is capable of protecting your skin for a longer amount of time, but you also have to consider the typical conditions during which we wear sunscreen. We're swimming, sweating, and running around outside. Any sunscreen, regardless of SPF, must be reapplied often, especially after all those fun summertime activities. You'll see other abbreviations such as UVA and UVB on your sunscreen bottle. The main thing to remember is in order to prevent skin cancer and early signs of aging, the sunscreen needs to protect against both UVB and UVA rays with a minimum SPF of 30. A few other tips to protect against the sun are wear a wide-brimmed hat, Cover exposed skin with ultraviolet protection factor or UPF clothing if possible. This is very important if you have a job that requires you to work outdoors. A lot of you participate in outdoor activity. Wear this kind of clothing. Also, stay in the shade as much as possible. Please keep in mind some people are more likely to get skin cancer than others. If you have a family history of skin cancer, fair skin, naturally light-colored hair like red or blonde, a history of serious sunburn or prolonged sun exposure, or have a large number of moles on your body, you may want to take extra precautions. Perform self-checks often and schedule regular screenings with your doctor. So let's say you've done all the things we've talked about, but you find a spot or a mole that doesn't look right. When should you get checked? Anytime you have a new spot come up and not go away or one that has changed over time, it is best to have your doctor look at it. When in doubt, get checked out. We've talked about the risk of too much sun exposure and prevention methods, but I also want to touch on a few of the benefits of sunshine. Did you know sunlight and darkness trigger the release of hormones in your brain? Exposure to sunlight is thought to increase the brain's release of a hormone called serotonin. Serotonin is associated with boosting mood and helping a person feel calm and focused. Without enough sun exposure, your serotonin levels can dip. Low levels of serotonin are associated with a higher risk of depression. 
At night, darker lighting triggers the brain to make another hormone called melatonin. This hormone is responsible for helping you sleep. But a mood boost isn't the only reason to get increased amounts of sunlight. There are several health benefits associated with catching moderate amounts of rays. Exposure to ultraviolet B radiation in the sun's rays causes a person's skin to create vitamin D, which helps build strong bones and prevent diseases like rickets in children and osteoporosis in adults. So remember, the sun is our friend, just not our best friend. So protect yourself. Until next time, stay healthy, Mansfield. On behalf of Texas Health Hospital Mansfield and reporting for the About Mansfield podcast, I'm Katrina Brown. Peanut butter whiskey? Brian Certain is mixing up a concoction that'll have you asking for more in the cocktail of the week. Brian? This week's cocktail of the week is the Paper Hornet. One of my favorite places to go and visit is New Orleans. And in New Orleans, one of my favorite restaurants is Toops Meadery. Isaac Toops was on Top Chef Season 13 back in 2015, which was set in California. Chef Toops did not win that season, but he did make the finals. And watching him every week, I was blown away with his creativity of the meals he was concocting and his humor. Finally, I was able to go to his restaurant for the first time back in November of 2019. And there, I not only got to meet Chef Toops, who took the time to not only sit down with my girlfriend and I for a few minutes uh, while we were finishing our dinner, but he also signed his cookbook for me, uh, which I treasure. And during that visit, we also met the general manager, Larry Wynn. Larry is a really, truly delightful person who actually ended up being our bartender and our server that night and entertained us all night. And still, that's one of the most memorable evenings I've had in New Orleans. And my girlfriend and I had such a great time that when we went back to the Crescent City in January of 2020 with my sister and brother-in-law, we dined again at Toops Meadery. Looking at the menu that night, my brother-in-law was intrigued by a cocktail that they called the Paper Hornet. The description gave only the ingredients, peanut butter whiskey, branch mint, and banana liqueur. And as the lead pastor for Bourbon Gospel, I said there was no way that I was having a cocktail with flavored whiskey in it. Steve, my brother-in-law, however, was not discouraged and ordered the cocktail. After his first sip, he declared it one of the best he had ever had, and I was forced to try it. Boy, was I surprised. It is very unique and a very well-balanced cocktail. Larry was once again our server that evening, and by this point, we were fast friends, and all four of us had another great evening together. The following Saturday, my sister called me and asked if I had reached back out to Larry or the restaurant to find out exactly how this new magical cocktail was made. And I laughed and I told her no, but I thought I had a a reverse engineer for her of the cocktail. And she laughed and said, no, I want you to call the restaurant and get the actual recipe. Well, I knew, the, I knew them well enough at this point to know that they were not going to give me the exact recipe. And so, you know, being a salesperson, I, uh, I, I kind of got creative and got Larry on the phone. And it was around three o'clock and I knew it was after the lunch rush and before the dinner rush and caught him and, you know, introduced myself again. And he's like, Brian, my friend, are you coming to see me again tonight? And I said, unfortunately, no. But if he remembered, we had had the paper hornet. And I said, and I know you won't tell me how to make the cocktail. But if I tell you the exact ingredients, will you confirm it? After a few seconds, he pretty much figured out that he thought there was no way that I could have reversed engineered his cocktail. And so we agreed. 
And so I then gave him exactly what I thought the proportions of each of the three ingredients were. And after several seconds, he then paused and said, well, now I'm going to have to tie you up and make you keep this a secret. So until now, I've kept that secret, but for all my Bourbon Gospel fans, without further ado, I'm going to present my version of the Paper Hornet. But don't worry about taking notes, as I'll be giving all the ingredients and the steps on BourbonGospel.com. So the Paper Hornet from Toops Meadery. Ingredients. You're going to take two ounces of screwball peanut butter whiskey, one ounce of banana liqueur, and two to three dashes or a small splash of Fernet Branca liqueur. Directions. You're going to pour the whiskey, the banana liqueur, you're going to put the Fernet all in a glass, you're going to stir it, and then put in one large ice cube. I really think you could serve this personally with a piece of pork belly burn-in on a toothpick to really finish it off nicely, and I've done that at home. And I'm not sure how they came up with the name, but I tend to call it the Elvis Presley because of the peanut butter and banana flavors. But here's my pro bar tip. I buy two bottles of the screwball whiskey, one of the banana liqueur, and another one of the Fernet. I pour off a third of both of the bottles of whiskey into another vessel. No, I'm not pouring it down the drain. I mean, that's a crime. And then I pour a third of the banana liqueur and a little bit of the Fernet back into the two bottles. And then I pour the amount that I poured off back into the banana liqueur bottle, add the Fernet again, and then place all three bottles in my freezer. That way, I have ready-to-serve, already chilled cocktail ready to serve my guests. When I serve it this way, because it's already frozen, I don't need to add any ice, and I serve it a little cleaner in a coupe or martini glass, and it's a big hit, especially with the flavors that are going on. Everyone's just amazed at how well this cocktail really works. But as always, I'm welcome to hear your take once you try it at home. Give me your input. You can reach out to me at bourbongospel at gmail.com. And until next week, as Mark Twain reminds us that too much of anything is bad, but too much whiskey is barely enough. Reporting for the About Mansfield podcast, I'm Brian Certain. Friday is National Catfish Day. It was back in 1987 when President Ronald Reagan designated June 25th as National Catfish Day by presidential proclamation after Congress called for the day to be established by Joint Resolution 178. Here's a fun fact, though. Those nocturnal swimmers don't have any scales, which makes their smooth flesh difficult for anglers to clean. Here in the United States, the most commonly eaten species of catfish are the channel catfish and blue catfish. And they're a good source of vitamin D. So whether you're headed to the lake with your rod and reel or to a local eatery for some fried catfish, let's see if Mother Nature is going to allow us to spend some time outdoors fishing or dining. Colleen? Let's take a look at the weather for the next seven days in Mansfield, Texas. After the fabulous but short break in the heat earlier in the week, we'll be returning to our regularly scheduled summertime toastiness. We're looking at a high Wednesday of 93 degrees, creeping up to 96 on Thursday and 97 on Friday, with mostly sunny skies. Saturday, a few clouds move in. It'll be around 97 degrees with a slight chance of thunderstorms overnight. If we do get that rain, it will cool us down a bit into the low 90s on Sunday, Monday, and into Tuesday.
National Catfish Day on Friday might best be celebrated by swimming like a fish, cooling off in a pool. Friday's UV index will be extreme, so for me, the best option will be fried catfish eaten inside an air-conditioned restaurant. But y'all can go outside and fish if that sounds good to you. Meanwhile, the Tarrant Regional Water District recommends that you water your lawn up to three-quarters of an inch this week. It's the first week of summer, and lawns need water. There's a chance of rain this weekend, and if it does rain, use a rain gauge to help determine your lawn's actual watering needs by subtracting any amount from 0.75 inches. Be sure your controller is set up with the recommended cycle and soak settings. As always, you can view a map of watering recommendations for North Texas at waterisawesome.com. Congratulations to Artie Campano, who was the first person to email the correct answer to last week's trivia question. What are the latitude and longitude coordinates for the intersection of Broad and Main Street in historic Mansfield? According to Google Maps, the answer is 32 degrees, 33 minutes, 48.6 seconds north by 97 degrees, 8 minutes, 31.3 seconds west. Artie has won a $25 gift card to Torchy's Tacos. After the break, this week's trivia question of the week. I'm Colleen Daniel, and this is About Mansfield. Hey, it's Steve Casillo, and I want to take a second to tell you about Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. It's where we record and produce the About Mansfield episodes. Podcast Mansfield is a full-service studio with recording, editing, mixing, and mastering capabilities. can even help market your podcast. Podcast Mansfield is home to such great locally produced shows such as Ask Philip, On the Mark, Grown and Unfiltered, and Daughter of the Other Woman, just to name a few, and handles post-production duties for remote clients such as Coaching Through Chaos out of San Diego and Epic Voices and Conversations from Palm Springs. So whether you're a hands-on person who just needs a place to record your podcast or need advice from concept to completion, Podcast Mansfield is there to help. Conveniently located on Heritage Parkway just off of 287 right here in Mansfield, mention the About Mansfield podcast and you get to record your first episode at no charge. For more information on starting your podcast or if you're just looking for a better place to record podcast mansfield recording studio can be found on the internet at podcastmansfield.com that's podcastmansfield.com hi i'm carmen mcmillan executive director of mansfield mission center inviting you to make our thrift store your one stop for shopping donating and volunteering when neighbors buy your donations the proceeds help other mansfield neighbors in need with free services including financial assistance employment help food medical dental and Vision Care, voted Best Thrift Store in 2019 by Living Magazine, the Mansfield Mission Center Thrift Store is located at Broad and Walnut Creek. For more details, visit our website at mansfieldmission.org. That's mansfieldmission.org. It's time right now for the highly coveted, wildly popular trivia question of the week. The first person to email the correct answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com will receive a $25 gift card to the brand new Torchy's Tacos. You can find them at the shops at Broad, featuring award-winning queso, a full bar, and a variety of damn good tacos. You can find them on the internet at torchystacos.com. Let's get to this week's question, Colleen. Well, Steve, the city of Mansfield has just one zip code, 76063. 
with Grand Prairie, Arlington, and other municipalities butting up to the edges of Mansfield, we are surrounded by several zip codes. This week's trivia question is, how many zip codes border Mansfield? And, for extra credit, can you name them? Email your answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com. Again, how many zip codes border Mansfield? And, can you name them? Good luck, and thanks to Jessica at Torchies for the gift card. Welcome back to About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo as we make the transition from news to talk. And longtime listeners to this podcast know that I, uh, number one, am a musician, and number two, from time to time, bring on local or area musicians to, to talk music. Well, this is the case today with the exception of, instead of going local or area, we're going national. On the phone with us today from his home in Louisiana is the son of Merle Haggard. Marty Haggard, welcome to About Mansfield. You got it, Steve. Thank you, buddy. Now, I got to tell you, the starting off, one of the finest pleasures I have as a musician is sharing the stage with my son. My son is 24 years old. He has been performing with me since the sixth grade and has been for about the past 10 years. You performed many years with your dad, Merle Haggard. What was it like sharing the stage with your dad? What you said, you know, it's kind of like what anything you do with your dad or your son is special. And, um, you know, if it's music or if it's fishing or hunting or whatever, just doing it, something with your dad and or your son is, you know, it's, it, the music was great. I love the music part of it. But just like you said, just being up there with, with my dad is what makes it worth doing. And, um, you know, I, I play golf. You know, that's my little getaway. And my boy don't like to, like to play golf, but I sure wish he did because I'd love to just have something we could do together. And um, so music was always a, a joint, a, a mutual love for me and my dad. And um, and for me to have the opportunity to share it with him was um, special and um, some of my best memories. And, um, you know, um, so it's not really that much about music for me. It was really about my dad. Yeah. At what age did you start performing with your dad? And actually, what at what age did you did you start performing? Well, I started my own band uh, in 1979 when I was 20 years old. But I had been on the road with my dad constantly from the time I was eight years old till I was 20. And um, you know, back in his the 60s and the 70s, and and it was in the early 80s when um, I went on the road with him and. We were partners in his merchandise together, and somewhere along the way, he asked me to join the band. And um, but I um, I started playing myself in '79, and I ended up in Dad's band from '82 to '84. And, um, and then from there, I left my dad's group and went to Nashville and started my own career on a national level. Uh, up to that point, it had been pretty much local, regional stuff. And, but then I went to Nashville in '85 and. You know, I got a couple of record deals, did pretty good on my own, but but it was in the early 80s when I was in, I was 23, 24 years old thereabouts when I joined Dad's band for a couple of years. Yeah. And you saw the world, at least if not the entire country. Yeah. Um, from the time I was eight until I was, like I said, until um, I started my own band, I'd, I'd already been everywhere you could be in, in the United States. And, um, 
you know, and um, it was, again, um, the music was fun, the travel was fun, but the main reason it was enjoyable for me is I was doing it with my dad, you know. Yeah. You know, I was a kid, so, you know, kids, my dad's Merle Haggard to everybody else, but to me, he's just dad, and um, and I really didn't understand his, uh, the fact that he was a celebrity. It, that didn't make no sense to me as a kid, but, and um, in fact, going out with him on the road was when I finally started realizing there was something odd about the it, the, the living that he made, and because um, all of a sudden, we'd show up somewhere, and people would come from everywhere thousands of people come to see him and and it, that's when i realized well this is different um, i don't think everybody else's dad dad does this he's a little more than just dad yeah i start realizing that he you know everybody has a dad and you know everybody's dad is known in their area where they're from and um you get out and, and my dad is just like everywhere you go everybody knows my dad and, and that's when it hit me wow this, this is different and um I never did it. It never did um, register to me that he's a celebrity. No matter what, he's hmm. still just my dad. It's been several years, and it's great that you had that relationship with your dad. It's been several years since I, I interviewed the daughter of Bob Wills, and she said that she barely knew her her dad because he was always on the road, and she did not get to go with him. Yeah, that was the case for most most of my brothers and sisters. You know, I was the only one of the kids. I'm I, I'm the oldest son, and for whatever reason, I was the one of um, us kids that he took with him. But Noel and Dana and Kelly didn't get to go with him, and so they didn't get to see that side of dad like I did. And you know, um, and yeah, it was very. I, I know um, Bob's daughter that you're talking talking about and and most of the entertainers kids were in her position you know that the parents usually didn't take their kids with them and uh, but dad took his oldest son with him and um so i definitely seen a side of my dad's i probably know more about my dad's life professionally and personally than anybody alive and but it was a different side of dad i wish dana and noel and kelly could have had a chance to see but i'm glad he took me because um if he hadn't, he would have been a stranger to me because back in those days, shoot, they were working 300 days a year. Oh, yeah. What life lessons did you learn from your dad in regard to making music or perhaps life on the road or in general itself? Well, I learned some things. Um, music is very, very simple. He, All he ever told me about that, and, you know, whatever you do, just be yourself. You know, Three chords and the truth, right? Yeah, just what if it's something you love, just don't try to be somebody you're not, you know, and um and basically what he was telling me, you know, when you do your music, don't let people comparing you to me or whatever bother you. Just do your thing and let the chips fall where they may. And um you know, and I got to I got to see my dad out there, um in that uh, fishbowl, you know, where everybody was after him for attention and whatever. But one thing I learned from my dad is how um he treated everybody the same. It wasn't. It, it didn't matter if it was the president of the United States or the janitor of the auditorium. He'd be playing. Dad, he he treated everybody equal, and um, you know, he, and for whatever reason, that stuck with me. That was a that was a good lesson to learn that you don't look up or down to nobody. You look straight across the table and treat everybody with respect. And and um, anyway, that was a great lesson I learned from him. 1999 was a turning point in your career. You and your wife formed Marty Haggard Music, and you began uh, began writing and singing spiritual songs. What led to that transition? Well, Jesus 
always was my friend um, ever since I was a boy. And um, I've always believed Jesus. I've always trusted him. And um, all my life I'd played secular music, and you know, I enjoyed it. And um, But somewhere along the way, about, I guess it was 90, 1997 when I was in Nashville, and um, I finally realized that I always had a passion for him. And, you know, I, I'd gotten kind of tired of the— um, the phoniness, to be honest with you, in the music business and um, the entertainment industry. And um, not everybody in it's bad, but I just yeah, I just didn't really fit in very anymore, and I was getting older. and So I just thought, you know what, Jesus always was my passion. I think I'm going to go ahead and change my lifestyle and change my focus and my wife, I met her on a pew in um, in a church in Glenwood, Arkansas in 1997, 98, and, and we got together and anyway, um, started going around to churches wherever they'd let me come and, you know, talk talk about old Jesus, sing songs I'd written, and it's just always a passion. I'm not a religious fella. I'm just a Jesus freak. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Do you wear sandals, too? <laughs> Actually, I can't stand sandals. I can't get. I can't stand dirt on my feet. But I got some um, open. Um, I got some shoes on without no socks, if that counts. <laughs> that works. <laughs> and then the two of you had a son, Jamie. Is he also a musician? No, he he has no passion for. Uh, he, my wife, and him both are real quiet, real shy. They really don't like attention, you know, and. Um, we're a pretty real laid back family and um his passions are creative he's a very creative young fellow but for whatever reason it had hasn't directed him towards music and um he's he's got a great gift for art you know drawing and things like that and he's he sees through a different it's the same kind of gift that would probably lend itself to music but he's gifted but not in he has no passion for music. If you don't mind, uh, because before this interview, I took to the internet and I, I invited some friends to suggest some questions to you. And if you don't mind. Uh, sure. All right. So, um, uh, Randy uh, from the internet uh, asks, is it true that your dad had so many songs that hadn't been performed or probably uh, recorded that there was a potential library of music from you to pick from in the future? Is that is that true? Dad, yeah, you know, when you wrote like my dad did, he was a prolific songwriter. And, um, and in fact, in my opinion, he was probably one of the great country songwriters of all time, if not just songwriters. But but for every song that he ever recorded, he, he had at least one more that he probably never did. And um, he when he passed away, he had a catalog of songs that have never been heard by nobody. I'm no longer personally in the mainstream music business. Um, I, I, you know, I, um, I still... I do my little tribute show to my dad now, and um, you know when I do my live shows, I've leaned pretty much on the songs that he recorded, mm -hmm. and uh, that were hit records that people obviously relate to. But if I ever did get back into the business and wanted to search for some songs, my dad's catalog of songs that have never been recorded would have, would be a great place for me to start because me and dad had a very similar taste in music, and. Yeah. Um, but um, he has some great songs that we call it in the music business. They call it songs that are on the shelves and uh, just sitting there. And 
And if I if I was still cutting records on a mainstream level, that's definitely where I'd go to find some material. In 2010 and 2011, you recorded two albums uh, titled "A Tribute to Merle Haggard, My Dad." They'd be volumes one and two. Between the two CDs, you recorded such songs as "Mama Tried," "Today I Started Loving You," "Mama's Hungry Eyes," and 24 others. Do you have a favorite song of your dad's? You know, um, I have multiple songs of my dad's. It depends on whatever mood I'm in that minute. Um, when certain songs strike a, no- a special note at that time, but literally my dad's songs were all so good. And um, it, it, it would almost be like trying to pick my favorite child that I have. <laughs> you know, I love all my children equally. But um, And Dad's songs, I, I, you named one of them that I love dearly, which is Mama's Hungry Eyes. I yeah. just truly yeah. love that song. And um, there's another song that I recorded on the album. It was an album cut from my dad back in the day, and it's called Shelly's Winter Love. And um, I literally have more songs than I can shake a stick at. And when I hear the Certain songs of my dad's. That's when I think, man, that's that's probably my favorite song of my dad's. And then another song comes. No, this is my favorite song. So no, I have no favorites. They're all my favorites. All right, but is there one song that you cannot sing because it reminds you of your dad? Actually, yeah, there is. A, it, it, there's a couple, three songs that um. Uh, a song called "The Roots of My Raisins." When I sing it, I think of my actually I think of my dad and my grandma Haggard, and because um, Grandma Haggard raised me, you know, in between, you know, when Dad was in prison and when he was on the road, and mm-hmm. after he got out of prison, we got into the music business, and so I had a special relationship with my grandma Haggard, the mama that tried. And um, when I sing uh, "Roots of My Raisin," Mama tried, or Mama's hungry eyes, I get a little. Sometimes I have to separate myself from those songs because I see my grandma when I'm singing them and my, she's no longer with us so I miss her and kind of makes me sad and um in certain songs um dads you know take me back to when we used to go fishing yeah I have to battle my personal emotions um and because singing these songs of my dad's I was there when he wrote most of them and I was there when he recorded them all and um and so and they're songs that he wrote about his family and his life and which is part of my family and life and and when I when I'm singing his songs, it's almost like looking at a family photo album. And um, you know, my dad's gone now, and uh, Grandma's gone, and my sister Dana's gone, my mama's gone. And when I sing these songs, it's sometimes if I'm not careful, I'll get all choked up and not be able to sing. So oh. I have to try to separate myself from those songs when I'm singing them, so I don't start crying like a big old ball bag. All right, this question comes from Brad. He's also a songwriter. He says, "Do you, okay. in, in most cases?" Do you write the music first, or do you write the lyrics? It's never uh, one way or the other. Um, like my dad used to say, every song kind of writes itself um, in the order that it chooses to. Sometimes it's a melody that comes to my head, a real pretty melody, and um, and then the, sometimes the lyric will follow that, and sometimes you have a lyric in, in your mind, you know, like a poem type of thing, then you put a, find a, a melody to marry it, but... In my case, most of the time, they kind of go down simultaneously. And um, I've had it happen all three different ways, and there is no one way. And I've actually written a, a full song without a guitar and um, had no music around me just, and, sort of, and just sang it 
whatever the melody was without a guitar in front of me. And I was driving one time, wrote a song yeah, and uh, from top to bottom. And when I got home, then I grabbed the guitar and to make sure it matched up and it did, but you never know, Brad, there, there there's, there's no one way and um, there's no wrong way. And uh, there's definitely no right or wrong way. Just they'll come many, every kid comes out different. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it was Brian Wilson of the beach boys used to write songs while driving around in the car. And, and, and some of them, became huge hits. My dad did the same thing. In fact, my dad and Brian Wilson were really good friends, by the way, which is ironic you mentioned Brian Wilson. He had a great love and respect for dad and vice versa. But I watched my dad write many a song while we were driving. And um, it was actually kind of dangerous because, um, you know, my dad, uh, when he'd be writing on a song while he was driving, his right foot would be on the gas pedal. And that would be the foot that was going that was dictating the rhythm of the song. Sure. He'd be the bass on the song, and he'd be going along something to go, bop, 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 bop. Bop, bop. We'd go real fast and then real slow. And I'm like, dang, I wish you'd hurry and finish this song. It's about to drive me nuts. <laughs> hey, I got a million-dollar idea for you, unless it's already been thought of. Okay. Many country legends have offspring that have followed in their parents' footsteps. You got Shooter Jennings. You got Lucas Nelson. You got Hank Jr. You got Roseanne Cash. You got Marty Haggard, among others. Has anyone ever thought of putting together a tour called Sons and Daughters? Actually, we've done it. Uh, it's called... Um, you have? Yeah, there's been many ones, you know, little mini ones where they put three or four of us together and, um, you know, and they've had many different titles for it. You know, I've done a lot of road work with, you know, like Charlie Pride's son, Dion, who who is like a brother to me. And, um, yeah. and of course, Georgette Jones, who's George Jones and Tammy Wynette's daughter, and Michael Twitty, who's Conway's son, and I've done some stuff with just about every one of them. Ronnie Robbins, who's Marty's son, and um, there's so many of them, and, um, and and most of them are good people too, by the way. I, and I didn't say they are; I just said most of them. <laughs> and um, <laughs> some of them are extremely ta- talented. Dean, you know, uh, Dean Miller, Roger Miller's son. Dean Miller's a talented son of a gun, and um, huh. they I've, they've done it. They've done it all over the world, and um, they never done a great big one and um it would be an interest they've done usually the most i've ever done it with is three three of us well there goes my commission <laughs> yeah you didn't invent it i thought i had this great idea and uh <laughs> it's it's already been done huh there's nothing new under the sun nothing new under the sun the bible says that's right <laughs> marty haggard what's your favorite ice cream my favorite ice cream is chocolate chip vanilla any particular brand no, but Bluebell's never bad. Oh, that's right. Come to Texas, get yourself some Bluebell. Amen, brother. <laughs> now, you sound like you've got a bit of a sense of humor, and, and the the way that we do these interviews here on the podcast is uh, we usually conclude it with what's called the lightning round. Okay. And it's a very simple, simple round of this or that, or some, perhaps some really random questions. This is an opportunity for the listeners to really get to know Marty Haggard. Okay. Are you ready? I hope so. Night or day? Day. What's your favorite smell? Interesting question. What's my favorite smell? Um, That's why I'm the host. Oh, you know what? Uh, uh, A ribeye on the the grill. Acoustic or electric? Acoustic. Have you ever asked for someone's autograph? Uh, Not in... Well, I asked for Johnny Lee's autograph this last week. We did a show together. Me and Johnny have been friends for 35 years. 
it was then Johnny's got Parkinson's disease, and it's the last time I'll probably get to see John. He's not doing very well. And I, in fact, when I was walking off the bus, he'd given me his latest CD, and uh, we're dear friends. And as I was walking out, he gave me that CD, and I stopped, and I walked, turned around, and said, Johnny, I said, you know I've been around everybody in this business from my dad, Johnny Cash, you name it. I said, I have never asked a human being in my life for an autograph, but would you sign my CD for me, Johnny? He said, you betcha, brother. And he, So I got Johnny Lee's autograph about a week ago, and it was only because he's my friend. Indoors or outdoors? Indoor. What is the most used app on your phone? Most used app... Probably the Telegram page. Los Angeles or New York? Good God, talk about picking hell from... Um, oh, my <laughs> goodness. God. That's an old wind situation right there. I'll take Los Angeles. At least you can see the sky. You get one song to listen to for the rest of your life. What is it? Oh, my goodness. Oh, gracious. Let's see. Good Lord Jesus. Uh, uh, Neil Diamond's um, uh, Play Me. You are the stars, I am the moon. That's it. You are the, you are the song and I am the tune, Play Me. <laughs> That's a great song, boy. Spider-Man or Iron Man? Oh, Spider-Man. What's your favorite sport? Golf. Marty, you're going to be seen here in Mansfield this coming Saturday night, the 26th of June, here in Mansfield, Texas, at Stevens Garden and Grill, which is a great place. And you're playing as an acoustic duo. Uh, for the listeners, you uh, you have the opportunity to buy a reserved table, or you can buy a general admission ticket. If you go GA, don't forget your your lawn chair. Yeah. And there will be uh, there will be food service uh, that Stevens will be providing. Have a great time here in Mansfield. I look forward to meeting you because I do intend to stop by and at least shake your hand and, and watch the show. So, uh, Marty, it's been a pleasure and 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 rock us out here in Mansfield. Yeah, you know what? I want to invite people to come out if you like Merle Haggard music. You're going to love this, and because um, the music I can guarantee is great. I um, I do know more about my dad's reasons. For writing those songs, I will tell certain stories about certain songs. And if you're interested in hearing the backdrop stories on some of this, my dad's life and songs, and you're going to hear some things from me you'll never hear anywhere else. And so it's a little bit of a history lesson, as long as a um, nostalgic nostalgic trip for some people. And um, like I said, if you got taste in real music, you know you like Merle Haggard. So we invite you to come out, and um, I will be accessible to the people all night long and shake hands, hug, hug next and do whatever we've got to do but uh, we invite you out I haven't been to the place before but from everything it sounds like it's my kind of place you'll love it, it best burger in town alright well I'll give, give them a chance to prove that <laughs> I look forward to meeting you we'll see you Saturday night 
You got it, Steve. Thank you, buddy. Thanks for being on About Mansfield. My pleasure. Thank you, buddy. Coming up next week on About Mansfield, we will have the latest Mansfield news, talk, and information. We will also talk in studio with one of Mansfield's favorite people. Until then, don't forget to follow this podcast if you haven't already, so you never miss an episode. It's free and it's easy. Just go to our website, aboutmansfield.com, and enter your email address. We will never send you any spam. We promise. About Mansfield is recorded at Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. Hosts, Steve Casillo and Colleen Daniel. Reporters, Stacey Main and Dennis Webb. Moment with the Mayor feature, Michael Evans. School Board Recap, Courtney Wilson. Home Improvement feature, Terry Radswin. Cocktail of the Week feature, Brian Certain. Post-production editing, mixing, and mastering, Steve Casillo. We thank you all for listening. On behalf of the entire news team, I'm Steve Casillo, and this is About Mansfield.